Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. John, John chapter 8, starting at verse 12. Uh, so this picks up in the general, uh, you know, for several weeks in the time of, of working through this on Sunday mornings, but for a period of kind of days, it's not exactly clear exactly how long this is. But this section of John is all about Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees in Jerusalem. And I will tell you, as you, if you've been here, you've seen this, and you'll continue to see it today, that these interactions are not like necessarily peaceable. They're, they're kind of full of fire <laughs> and controversy. And it's easy to read this. And it's actually, to be honest, it's easy to be a little bit sympathetic with the Pharisees and the people asking Jesus questions, because it can often feel like, especially in today's passage, that they're asking somewhat reasonable questions, and Jesus is giving crazy, off-the-wall answers. And you're like, Jesus, can you like just answer the question or something? Like, surely there's a better answer than that. So what I want you to think about as I read this is, is why. Why is Jesus answering the questions this way? What is the key to understanding this? John chapter 8, starting at verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you. From the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that Jesus spoke these words so long ago. We thank you that they were written down and preserved for us, that his words for the people then might be his words for us today. So we pray that as we now reflect on your word, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts, that it would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Kids, 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 I want you to imagine your rooms. I want you to think about your room for a minute. And if you think about your room, yeah, messy? Your room messy? Now, I'm only speaking to kids here because I know all the adults keep their rooms perfectly picked up. And no adult rooms are ever messy. But kids, you may think that your parents sometimes tell you to clean your room and pick things up and you're gonna trip and fall. I mean, maybe, anybody ever heard that? Maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit. But you say, no, I know where everything is. I can find it, I can get around, it's no problem. But I want you to imagine yourself in your room and what happens when you turn out the lights and it's completely dark and now you're trying to move around your messy room or for adults, maybe not your messy room, but you're just running into the bed, even though it's always in the same place that it's always been. We don't get very far when it's dark. When we see everything laid out, everything is in its place, we can move around, we can move, and it's great. But when in the dark, we are very confused. Even something that we think we know, it is hard to get through. And what Jesus is fundamentally saying here in chapter 8, in, in, this, in this discussion, in these, this back and forth, is all the people, are at, the Pharisees and the other people are asking him these questions, and he's saying, As you're in a dark room. You're asking me where things are, but you're not, you can't see. And if I tell you to walk through a dark room, I don't know if you've ever tried to do a maze blindfolded. Sometimes I make the kids do this in, uh, in kids' time. It's to put on a blindfold and walk through the maze, and somebody else tells you where to go. Does it work? I mean, if you're careful, right? It's hard, though. It is hard to do things blindfolded. It is hard to see in the dark. And what Jesus is telling them, literally, he says this in verse, uh, in verse 12, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So the implication is that those who are listening are walking in darkness. Because what's the problem? The problem is that they're in darkness because they're not following him. They're asking all these questions about Jesus. And we can look at this, like I said, and wonder, why isn't he answering them? I mean, it seems reasonable. Say, hey, you're bearing witness about yourself. You can't do that. Somebody else has to testify. We don't listen to somebody just walk up and say, oh, I'm God. We call those people crazy. Right? That's, we don't listen to those people. Where, who are you? Who are you talking about? What are you talking about where I go? You can't, we can't come. None of this makes sense. And we look at this. Why isn't Jesus answering? We see the key in verse 13. The Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. See, the Pharisees did not come with an honest question. They came with a challenge. 
They came declaring that his testimony was not true. We saw this just before with the woman caught in adultery. They came to test him. They're not coming with honest questions. That's why Jesus is not answering them. He's saying, I can't tell you blind, blindfolded people how to make your way through this dark room. What you need is light. You need to flip on the switch and be able to see for yourself. And that's fundamentally what Jesus is saying is, I don't need anybody else to authenticate me. Jesus authenticates himself. He gives his own testimony. He is the light. He doesn't need anybody else to explain that he's the light or to say what he is or to say where to go. He simply is the light. He is the one that makes sense of everything. And so if we want to make our way through the dark room or through the dark world, we don't need the answers to questions. We need the light. And if we want the light, we must follow. So if our main problem is that we're in the dark and we're blindfolded, the main thing about God is that Jesus is the light that speaks for himself. And what do we do? We must follow him. We don't judge it. We don't question it. We, don't, we must follow him. We must follow in faith. So what does that look like then? What do we see here that that looks like to follow Jesus? We see three things here that we are following him, three times that we must follow him on his terms. Not on our judgment, but on his terms. First, we follow for answers. Lots of questions here. If we want answers, we follow. They didn't get answers because they weren't following. We follow for answers. We follow for forgiveness. And we follow for life. We follow for answers, we follow for forgiveness, we follow for life. We see the follow for answers in all this back and forth throughout. Um, we see it in verse 19. Where is your father? Jesus says, you don't know. If you knew, you would know my father. Uh, it says in verse 22, will he kill himself since he says, where am I going? You cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. No answer. No answer without following. They said to him, oops, they said to him, uh, where did they go? They said to him, who are you? And he said, if you knew, you would know me. Oh, there it is, verse 25. They said to him, who are you? Jesus says, just what I've been telling you. That's why we were asking. But they weren't following. So if we want answers, we must follow Jesus on his terms. That's how we get the answers that we need, is by following him on his terms. There's a story, you may, you may have heard the story, a lot of, it's kind of a famous illustration about the elephant and the three, three blind men and an elephant. You ever heard about three blind men and an elephant? And the three blind men are feeling the, the elephant and they're trying to describe the elephant. And one feels the trunk, and he says, oh, this thing, it's long and thin. And one feels the legs, and they're thick, and this is thick and huge. And one feels the ears, and it's floppy and moving around. And so they all think that they're describing different things, but they're all just describing different pieces of the elephant. And people often, and people, you could use this in different ways, but people often use this illustration to explain how we all kind of see different parts of God. And so we just have to kind of accept that we're all feeling different parts of the elephant. 
Jesus wants nothing to do with this elephant. Jesus wants nothing to do with blind men feeling around on an elephant. Jesus says, take off your blindfolds and see me for who I really am. Because we do not try to figure this out on our own. That's the key. When we're feeling the elephant, we're judging and evaluating based on our own experiences. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm telling you how it is. And if, if you want to judge that from somewhere else, it doesn't, it doesn't work. There is nothing else that we can judge the sun and the light by. That's the starting point. The sun, that's where it starts. That's where our whole solar system revolves around our sun. It's just there. It just starts. We have to take it on its own terms. We have to take Jesus on its own terms, on his own terms. And so if we want the answers, we follow him and we trust his answers. What does that look like practically? If, you, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, it's good that you're here. It's good you're here because you want truth. All of us want truth. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, we all want to know the truth. But the question you have to ask yourself is what is your starting point as you seek the truth? If you are seeking truth starting from your own ideas, you cannot find it. Even if you've put your faith in Jesus, but you're continuing to try to figure things out from your own ideas, it's not going to work. You're always going to be on your own ideas. And, and are your ideas always right? You know you can be wrong about things. And if you can be wrong about some things, you can be wrong about fundamental things. You can be wrong about your starting point. And so if you're trying to judge Jesus on your own terms and figure it out for yourself, it's not going to go very far. It is good to ask questions. It is good to read and explore. But you have to start from the position that you don't know the answer. And you don't get to judge the answer. That God himself has to come to you. This is the beauty of Christian faith. That God did not set us to find our way to him. He came down to us. That's what Jesus says. Look, I've, I'm here. Now follow me. Because I will show you the way to God. By light, by life, by following me. What do we find when we go there? We get, we get the answers as we follow. But the most important answer that Jesus tells us what, that we need is forgiveness. That we follow for forgiveness. It comes out somewhat surprisingly. Verse 21, he makes the cryptic statement, I am going away and you will seek me. Okay, that makes sense. And you will die in your sin. Where did that come from? Like we hadn't been talking about sin before that. He just comes out with it. Why does Jesus come out with it? Because that's what we need. We need forgiveness. Why are they not going to be able to follow him? Because they aren't seeking forgiveness. Because their sin has not been dealt with. If we want our sin to be dealt with, if we want to experience forgiveness and freedom, we have to follow Jesus for that. That's where we get the forgiveness of our sins. And even though we don't always like to talk about sin that much, especially our own sin, sometimes we'll talk about other people's sin, but we really don't like to talk about our own sin that much. If we're honest, we know that sin really is the root of all of our problems. And in our lives, in our day-to-day -day lives, in how we interact with other people, it's sin, and it's how we try to deal with our sin. So there's the obvious part of sin, like when you're mean to somebody, or selfish, or trying to get things all for yourself, or you're lying or stealing. Of course, those cause problems. But then what about after that? We, all, we do those things, and then we try to make up for them. We try to make up for them 
by trying to do really nice things. So, so we hurt somebody, and we say something unkind, and then we do a bunch of nice things. But the really hard thing to do is to admit that we hurt them. That's what they're waiting for. And so all the flowers and everything else don't really change the fact that we hurt them and we haven't admitted it. How can we actually seek healing and moving forward in that relationship? By admitting it and asking for forgiveness. Can that person take away the hurt? Can they just forget? No, they can't take it away. Only Jesus can do that. Where can we really find healing? Only in Jesus. Only then can we find our sins to be forgiven and to find healing and reconciliation in relationships through the forgiveness of our sins. Sometimes it's the unwillingness to admit sin that causes the rift. Sometimes it's our shame that comes from the sin that we've committed and we won't let it go. It's not that we won't, it's not even that we won't admit it to other people, it's we won't let it go ourselves. And we continue to wallow in it, feeling like I've done so much, what could I ever do right given how many things I have done wrong? But when we follow Jesus, we find true healing and forgiveness. Because this is what he says. He says, I told you you were dying your sins unless, unless, this is verse 24, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Unless that you believe that I am he, he offers the solution. As much as this is conflict and controversy and back and forth, and he's saying, you can't come, you're going to die, you're in the dark, I'm not telling you anything, he offers this, unless you believe in me. If you believe in me, your sins can be forgiven. If you follow me, you will find forgiveness. And then what does that bring forth? You follow for answers, you follow for forgiveness, and then that bears fruit as you follow Jesus for life. You follow Jesus for life. That's what he offers them in verse 13, in verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. It is life. It is joy. It is excitement. It is bubbling up when we follow Jesus. The following of Jesus, the answers that we get are not something that drives us to dig down, to, to kind of be wrapped up in ourselves. Oh, is it this or is it this? What's the right way to do here? It is life and joy overflowing. As we come up to Easter, of course, as I mentioned earlier, when we come up to Easter, we think, uh, I'm always going to be thinking about the formation of this church, of the formation of this church as the resurrection community. This church was founded on the very idea of Easter and the new life that it creates. And if you look at our logo up here, sometimes you look at logos and you don't really know what, what's going on, what, what are they there for, what does that actually mean? But our logo is full of life. If you look at it, what it is there, it is a crown of flowers. It's a crown of tulips, in fact, bursting forth out of the ground bursting forth at the first light of spring coming up. As Easter comes in the springtime, the flowers burst up with new life. You see at the bottom there, to, to create the flowers, there are rays of light coming up from the horizon. It bursts with new life. What is at the center of that new life? The center of that new life is the cross. That's what's there in the middle of that logo. Because our new life, the bursting forth of new life at resurrection, only comes through the cross. Verse 28, 
says, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. When you have lifted up the Son of Man. Whenever Jesus says lifted up the Son of Man, He's talking about being lifted up on the cross. When Jesus goes up on the cross, what happens? The cross is empty. Because He was taken off that cross, He does not remain there. But He rose from the dead. He burst forth with life. Then you will know that Jesus is who He says He was. That is the authentication of Jesus, that he authenticates himself and his testimony for coming back by coming back from the dead, declaring that sins have been forgiven and that new life bursts forth in joyful community. What should our life be like? A life of joy and freedom and forgiveness. What could you do? What would your life be like if you truly knew and believed that all your sins were forgiven. If you truly knew and believed that Jesus was always with you and that nobody else could hurt you, if you truly knew and believed that no matter how many people turn against you, no matter how many people let you down, that there is one who loves you more than any human possibly could, you do anything. With freedom, you can do anything. You can create, you can serve, you can love, you can put yourself out there, you can take risks, you can do things that seem crazy. You can go, 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 do, do, do. And you can rest. You can rest knowing that he is still working. So you can go and serve and love and sacrifice and rest and celebrate because Jesus has created the joyful community of those who follow him. And he secured it all when he was lifted up on the cross. And he died and he rose again, declaring that he was in fact the son of God, that all the debts have been paid, all the sins have been forgiven. We have new life now and forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the new life that you promise us through following Jesus. We pray that you show each one of us day in, day out, what it means to follow and trust Him. Not judging by, on our own, but putting our faith and trust in Jesus and what the words that He has spoken, the life that He lived, His death and resurrection for us. Give you all thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.